Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Martin That Converts podcast, episode 100. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the podcast. Wow, I can't believe we're at 100 already. It feels like, I don't know, well in some ways it feels like two minutes since I started and then also feels like I've done it for a million years as well, which is odd. 
Anyway, I wanted to make this episode different and special and interesting because it's 100 episodes and I didn't want to do what I do every other episode. So for this episode only, I have got someone else taking over. And the reason I have someone else taking over is because they're interviewing me and my very wonderful husband. So I would like to hand you over very nervously to the amazing Biz Paul, who is going to be looking after the show today. Please enjoy. Well, hello there and a super warm welcome to this very special interview with the lovely Teresa Heath-Waring and her husband, Paul Campbell. Uh, It's such a pleasure and an absolute honour to have been asked to talk to Teresa and Paul today because just like you, I'm an avid listener to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And I know that everyone has different ways of listening, but I tend to listen on a Monday morning during the commute to the office. And I love hearing the amazing guests that come on this show and the lessons that Teresa uh, shares with you know, her experience with everybody. Because you know, I guess uh, it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or a more experienced marketer. Other people's experiences are, are really valuable to hear. So without further ado, Teresa and Paul, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thing ever. First off, and I'm going to be really conscious that I don't take my own podcast back off you, Biz Paul, but that was a little bit like we were about to get married. I'd like to gather you here today <laughs> in the witness of. <laughs> it feels a bit like I'm presiding over your podcast for a bit. I am genuinely honoured that you've asked me to to talk to you guys today. There was no one better to do it, Biz Paul. Thank you. It's just that, that weight of responsibility. I'm representing the listeners here, so <laughs> I'm just going to ask you everything. You, All right. I was going to say, you crack on. Yeah, you go ahead. Not nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you should how, be. How does it feel? How does it feel to be on the other side of the question? Do you know what? If I was on someone else's podcast, then that's fine. I think I'd be fine. The fact that this is mine feels like it's exciting, but I am scared because I'm a control freak and I like to know what's going on and I have no idea what's going on. You don't know what the questions are. No. And obviously to have... A podcast with Paul with me is very odd as well, but wonderful. It's kind of strange for me because I, I listen to your podcast in the car when I'm driving around and stuff. So I'm making. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> you always ask me questions, so I need to answer them. Um, so, yeah, so it's really, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to listen to myself in the car, which is weird. <laughs> well, I hope I do a good job because this is a very special episode. It's the 100th episode of the podcast. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. How does it feel to have reached the milestone of 100 episodes? Uh, do you know what? It's really odd because I don't even think I thought about getting to that point or how what that would mean in terms of time because it basically means I've almost done this for two years, which is crazy, but I just love it. Like So it almost... It's almost like flown by that you wouldn't even know that we'd got here, but I wanted to mark it with something a bit different, a bit special. I've had some amazing guests. And that's the other thing, actually, because as I was running up to the 100, I was like, right, who have we had on? What sort of things we talked about? And honestly, like the people I've had on, I could not have been more honoured to have half of those people. They were phenomenal half. I mean, all of them, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, the other half are rubbish. I'm joking. But like, honestly, that was amazing. I loved doing the podcast. So to think that I'm at 100 is crazy. Let's get to the 200. It takes some doing, doing a podcast. There's a, a yeah. fair amount of effort involved from the organisation to the recording and the mm-hmm. editing and the publishing and, and the promoting of it as well. So 
I'm not sure if anyone's asked you this directly, but why did you decide to do a podcast in the first place? So I'd done a blog. I was terrible at the blog. I hate writing. I've talked about that before. Not a good writer. And I talk too much. So <laughs> there we go. Perfect. So it was easy. And I just thought I'd see how it went. And I, I don't think I ever thought it would go the way it has in terms of being as successful it has. I just thought, let's see what happens. And yeah, just started it. Just thought I'll give it a go and love it. So, and other people seem to like it, which is awesome. And people say nice things about it. So, and you're still going because one of the things that people often talk about when it comes to podcasts is being consistent Mm -hmm. and, and sticking at it because it takes a while to grow that audience. So I know that in previous episodes, you've spoken about that sort of hockey stick yeah. Uh, effect where all of a sudden it, it goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. You've had that experience. And can you remind us maybe of how many episodes that took before that happened? Yeah, it was month nine. Oh, wow. Okay. So like nine months of doing the podcast. And, and don't get me wrong, there was growth and I saw bits of growth and people were saying good things about it. And so I was still encouraged, but I always said one year, I'll do it for a full year. I'll see how it goes. And literally month nine, like you said, hockey stick, I remember talking to Paul about it and being like, he's like, what have you done? I have no idea. I don't know what's happened. Why has it suddenly gone so amazing? But it had. So you do need to be consistent. And the other thing is, it is hard work. And some people do seasons. And that's cool if they do seasons. That's obviously their bag. But for me, I wanted to get to the point where every week, every Monday, you knew that there was something to listen to. Because everything's about habit, isn't it? So if I get into a habit of listening to something, or if I get into a habit of doing something, I want people to miss it if it's not there. So for me, even though it is hard work and it does take a huge amount of time to do it and money, and I've been really honest about that, that it's the most expensive content I could do other than maybe video, but it does take time and money, and but it's really important. And it's a great way for me to do teaching and teach so many people, which is amazing. But it's not a vanity project, is it? It's, it must have some impact in your business and how you're perceived or or maybe it helps you build relationships with people. What's the biggest outcome for you? Do you know what? I think for me, the biggest thing is I could not have got in front of those people I've got in front of without this. So let's take Michael Hyatt. I can't even imagine what he costs for an hour of his time. I'm sure you couldn't buy him for an hour of his time. And yet I got to sit there and pick his brains for a whole hour. The same with Amy, the same with Pat, the same with James phenomenal people that ordinarily would be really hard to get in front of and suddenly you're having a really personal one-to-one conversation with them granted we might be on a screen you know he's sat in his office I'm in mine but we're still looking at each other we're still talking to each other and that's kind of invaluable I think so that for me has been massive in terms of growing my brand and growing me as a person again there's no way on this earth I could have done what I've done with a blog that I've done with the podcast. And as you say, it's a format that works for you. So we're expecting this to go way beyond 200, 300. This is 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 your thing. This is it, mate. Well, you have. You have had some amazing guests. But let's talk about today's guest. Well, I suppose you are a guest on your own podcast. But uh, we know quite a bit about you, Teresa. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Paul, we know less about. So, Paul, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so I come from a totally different world to... Teresa as such, as in work and everything. I'm, as probably heard from Teresa's past podcasts, I've just sort of kind of retired from the military about 25 years. And 
whilst 25 years in the military, you get very close-minded to to a lot of things, as in it's just all military. You, you sort of socialise with military people and it can be, yeah, sort of very close-minded to anything else. However, meeting Teresa some good few years back now has opened my mind to uh, social media, marketing, all that kind of stuff, and meeting amazing people like you, Paul. And it's opened my eyes to all of this podcast kind of thing and, and everything. So it, before, I wouldn't even know what a podcast was. So now, it, yeah, it's great. And I find it really interesting and exciting, especially the journey that she's come on through, obviously, the 100th episode. So really good. That's nice. Mm. Uh, this, is nice. I wonder whether this could get really <laughs> emotional, actually. And, <laughs> and, and like soft beat. Yeah, some, yeah. Uh, what's like some... TV shows where they try and make you cry. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that, Miss Paul. We could put some background very... music on back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some violins. I have a very um, ugly cry face. You wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> now, Paul, I introduced you as Paul Campbell. Yeah. And I did that for a reason because there's been some confusion, hasn't there, in the past as to, as to who's called what? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want, on, do you want a... to tell us about that? No, you continue. <laughs> okay. So when I started the business, I was a bit of a fool and I started it very quickly and I used my name at the time, which is Teresa Heathwaring, except that was part of my ex-husband's name. So my name, my unmarried name, my maiden name is Teresa Heath. I got married and my surname changed to Teresa Heathwaring. And then I got divorced, but I'd already started the business during that time. And my name's so unique. You can Google it. You can find me. I'm easy to find. So when I met Paul, I was still Teresa Heathwaring. And then when I got married to Paul... I changed my personal stuff to Campbell, but in terms of my business world, I'm still Teresa Heathwaring. And everywhere we go, they always <laughs> speak to him and call him Mr. Heathwaring. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, well, I can understand why. However, it's um, a little bit grating sometimes. Like <laughs> when we were in a hotel the other day or something, yeah. it was uh, Mr. Heathwaring. Actually, he called me something else, didn't he? Called you Keith Waring. Keith Waring, yeah. <laughs> so that was even even worse in some cases. So I just have to sort of kind of bite my tongue and and uh, you know laugh it off really. But yeah, but it is yeah. It's a bit awkward just because if it wasn't my ex husband's name, I think yeah. it, if it was just my maiden name, it would probably be okay. But yeah. yeah, and it sort of got in the way of your American visa, Esther oh, thing, didn't it as well? Yeah. So yeah, we had a. Goodness. Yeah. Slight issue with that. When we were going to Nashville, flying first class, first time ever, on points, always make that clear, and uh, <laughs> forgot to update my Esther, went to check in. We were both so excited and my Esther was in the wrong name. So, yeah, we had a bit of a nightmare, nearly missed our very first first class flight. And Did you keep it together, Paul? We, we both stayed very calm. We were amazing. Internally, we were, that was another thing. <laughs> we were having very a meltdown. stressful. But um, it all came good in the end. Yeah. I do find, having known you, Paul, that you are a very calm, almost zen-like figure, <laughs> which is kind of what works, I think, from knowing you, you yeah. both. Would that be fair? No, I think I, I think so, yeah. Because especially our life at home can be quite erratic. And yeah. having, well, two kids at home and now two dogs at home, mm. it can be... Um, Busy. Uh, very busy. So I try and keep everything calm and cool because obviously Teresa's super busy most of the time. So I try and keep everything else in the background. Yeah. Nice and calm. And, and, sorry. And also bearing in mind, 
Paul's worked in jobs that are like none of us can understand. So <laughs> we get stressed about like marketing or social media or someone has a breakdown because you've forgotten to do a tweet or something. Mm. And Paul flies to Iraq. Exactly. <laughs> Some very dangerous places. And his life is in jeopardy at times and has to keep calm when something's going wrong. So I guess for him, he must look at like the stuff that we melt down about and be like... I roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, really? Do you want to sort yourself out? So I think that's one of the things that helps him maintain his calmness. Yeah, I think so. Through the experiences that I've had through uh, the military world and trying to keep calm in, in stressful situations because if other people see you get stressed then other people get stressed as well so mm. internally I might not be as calm but externally you keep it all cool if I may say so I think there's an online course right there ah. yeah, in your pool <laughs> really <laughs> my next career yeah being calm yeah <laughs> tell us a little bit about home life then let's get some more backstory into this tell us a, maybe a little bit about how you met or what home life is like now and and the, the setup that that you have because I mean if if I was in your situation I'll be honest I wouldn't be bringing an extra dog into it but obviously <laughs> well, that's what yeah. you've decided to do so tell us a little bit how that works okay so we live at home with my daughter who lives with us every other week and my stepson Paul's son who lives with us full time we have two dogs now we just have a new puppy which is hard work and Paul's job has always taken him away and even though he's left the Air Force he's moving into a new role which will take him away again so it's very busy very stressful at times because there's a lot of logistical nightmareness and if anybody's got kids you'll know what logistical nightmares like anyway especially as they're growing up because you don't actually know where they are half the time and then like the other day I called upstairs to my stepson Harvey and was like, are you having dinner? And he answered me like, yes, stupid. <laughs> and I thought, well, I don't know where you are. And half the time he doesn't. And so it just is a bit manic at times. But Paul is like amazing. I am a very lucky lady. He does a lot of stuff around the house. How does how does it work in terms of that organisation then? Because as you said, Paul, you know, you've, you've been working away and will continue to do that, I guess. Uh, Teresa, you've go all over the world mm -hmm. with work and speaking and all that kind of stuff. And, and people in your academy are in different time zones. Mm -hmm. And then you've obviously got uh, Harvey. He's clearly not putting his appointments in the shared Google calendar <laughs> for the family. Not. <laughs> how, how do you, how, how do you manage those logistics? Actually, with you saying that it's, um, it actually kind of highlights how manic it really is. Cause when you're in the situation, we sort of try and just get on with it. But with you just saying that, it's like, gosh, how do we deal with it? But but like you're saying in the calendar, we do have, we do. A, calendar we have a calendar. And, calendar. and I get told off numerous times for not checking things <laughs> when I book things in. <laughs> and I forget the calendar's there. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so the calendar helps massively. But we kind of just get through it. I don't know how really, but. We try really hard not to plan too much when I have B. Yeah. Obviously, that's not always easy done. If I'm speaking somewhere, if someone, if it's something that someone's booking that I can't change the date, then... Sometimes it falls on a B week. But ideally, if we're booking stuff, I try and make it when she's not with us. I am very lucky in the fact that my ex-husband is very good at having her. He has her when we don't have her. So he is pretty flexible as well, which helps us massively. And Harvey is growing up, which is great. He's almost 17. He's very independent. We've got close friends, close neighbours. So he's pretty good at looking after himself. But it's just... It is a case of being organised. We literally have like a rundown every week of 
where are we, who are we seeing, what are we doing, who's looking after this person. Also as well, Paul's parents are amazing. Yeah, we're really lucky with them, aren't we? That, uh, they will, with one of the dogs now, we wouldn't expect them to look after the new one, but one of the dogs, the first dog, Charlie, they will always drop everything and, and take him whenever yeah. we need to. So we're really lucky with that. Um, even stuff around the house, they'll come and help out with, won't they? So. Yeah, but it is, it's hard work. I'll hard tell work. you what this reminds me of, a team. You're a team. Like yeah, you, the way yeah. that you're talking about it now, you've got a sort of process about, you know, maybe you have your team meeting yeah, on a, yeah. at the, <laughs> the week to see what's, what's going on. I mean, I've met Harvey and I think he's, you know, total credit to you. Oh, I think yeah, he's really he's cool. Uh, so it's, but it sounds like there's, there's, a, there's a team there. Like you mm. all understand each other's roles. You know what the priority is. You've got a system that might appear on the surface a bit manic, but actually you are in control of that. Yeah, yeah. and... I think for me, the fact that we are a team really helps me out in the sense of I dictate a lot, <laughs> slightly high maintenance. And so, for instance, if I am recording a podcast, obviously we're at Rub Base Media today, which very kindly let us use our equipment. But if I'm at home recording a podcast, the house has to be silent and I have to get all the children to be silent and Paul to be silent and Paul has to manage the dogs. Yeah, so, so in the background, <laughs> when even the postman comes or anything, I have to turn the remote uh, like doorbell off and everything just in case or make sure the dogs are shut away because if the postman does come to the door Charlie yeah. especially lets us know mm. so any any noise I get really stressed and try and, and shut you, it down and you do you're yeah. you're very kind that you try and manage that for me because he knows I'd get stressed because the thing is it's not so much necessarily the sound quality but sometimes if I can hear other stuff going on I lose my train of thought and I get distracted so so he does a lot of that. He does things like, as well, when I do masterclasses and webinars, he's on them. He's watching them. When I go live, he's, if one of the team aren't watching, he's on there watching. So he really does do a massive support job in terms of my business and my role. And actually, I don't take that for granted at all because I know lots of business people out there who their husbands or wives or partners don't get it. They don't see it. They don't get it. They don't support them. And it makes it really hard. It makes it really uncomfortable. It makes it really difficult. And to try and, you know, to tell a 10-year-old and a nearly 17-year-old, you have to be silent now for at least two hours because, and you can't go on the Wi-Fi, by the way, because I need the best <laughs> Wi-Fi as well. So luckily they all have the 4G stuff, which is cool. But to tell them they've got to do that, they're making a sacrifice too. And the fact that both Paul and I can go, you know, when we go on holiday, this might be the reason why. You know, when we do this, this this is why we do it, because this is how tea makes money and therefore, oh yeah, they call me tea. I just realised I said that. And said I, it, yeah. yeah, this is how I make money and this is my business and therefore everyone is very understanding of that, aren't they? Yeah. So they're part of the team. Yes. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're on board. They understand yeah. how it works. Mm. You mentioned support there, Teresa, and I just wondered, is that how you... You see it, Paul, because to me, from the outside, it does feel very much like you're part of uh, Team T. Yeah, uh, you know, is that how you see it? Yeah, definitely. And I enjoy, I enjoy that that role as such. Uh, like I said, this is a brand new world for me. However, I've become fairly familiar with it now. And um, he thinks he's a marketing expert. Well, <laughs> I think there's many things. That well, you I was going to, I was going to ask, like, what have you learned about the marketing world? Well, I, I think posters are going to come back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, flyers through your door and stuff. I think, you know, <laughs> online digital marketing is, is dying. Shall I tell you what I think people, people don't him. talk, what people don't talk enough about? What's that? 
uh, sponsoring the petrol. Oh, uh, yeah. What do they call it? The oh, hose. The, the pump. The yeah. petrol pump, yeah. yeah. You Underrated. Do, you do a Big ROI like, there, surely. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. The amount of times I've been pumping fuel, and I, that time could have been spent reading an advert of something. He's yeah. ignoring people. He thinks it's very funny. He thinks just, he almost thinks like through osmosis while we sleep, my marketing knowledge goes into his brain. <laughs> I teach you. <laughs> He'd like to think he does. Yeah, Less but you have, but have you no, picked I, yeah. up things? No, I definitely. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely. And and I uh, another thing that I sort of look after is the, the Kajabi side oh, of things yeah. as well. So I I he's King Kajabi. I've taken that on, which is cool because it's quite techy kind of stuff and and its processes, which I quite enjoy. But yeah, the the marketing thing and and the all of that kind of stuff I find really interesting and and. Having a military background, it opens you up to, you, you learn a lot of things and, and you have to change as you go along throughout your career. And this is just yeah. a another change for me and, and I'm used to change. So, and I find it super exciting mm. and interesting. So, and you yeah. are genuinely interested. And, and if you see something, he'll go, oh, did you see that? They've done this or, you know, yeah. what do you think of that and whatever. And, 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 this is and I look at it from a complete sort of isolated sort of situation yeah. i'll look at whatever you're doing and i'll read it and i'll be like well that doesn't really make sense to me because you know he gently that, critiques me yeah well i think that's quite interesting because we're also working in the marketing sphere i sort of think that it's very easy to be in that that bubble where you know what it means but unless your audience is professional marketers yeah they don't know then they may not no. So your audience are business owners and maybe people who are working in marketing, but but your audience and the people that listen to this podcast and people in your academy would value, I guess, having that sort of internal feedback from Paul to you is to say, well, actually, no, this needs a little bit more of an explanation or this needs to be broken down a little bit more. Would you say that's yeah. the case? No, I absolutely do. And I think there's lots of ways where someone who isn't in your industry can actually be a great sounding board. I know that Paul is not one of these people that, whether I wanted him to or not, would not just say something to be nice. He's a very honest person. So actually, he is a good sounding board because I know he's not... One, I know he's paying attention to it and he listens and he... But if I ask him something, he'll genuinely try and answer it properly. And two, I know he's not just going to say what I want to hear. So he often comes and sees me speak and he's very critiquing about that which is great because I want to be better I want to be the best I can be and I want him I'm happy for him to give me that feedback and be like actually you this happened and this happened in fact one of the one of the conversations we had was about marketed live because as often does when you speak things tech-wise go wrong because they do and that's just a thing and Paul was sort of saying to me because I was very nervous about marketed live this year because I did new content and I was you know, you get comfortable with what you do. And I was a little bit uncomfortable with what I was going to do because it was brand new and it was my stuff. And anyway, so I didn't feel like I was doing as brilliantly as I maybe would be doing on stage. And then the tech went wrong. And then I just had to relax because there's nothing I can do about it. And I took it in my stride and I made a joke out of it. And Paul afterwards was like, because I got off stage, I was like, I didn't like that. I didn't think I did a very good job. Not the tech. That didn't bother me at all. It was like, I didn't think I did the best job there. And he was like, you would not yourself until that happened and then suddenly you just relaxed and went into it and so he's really good at that and also the other thing he's really good at taking ego out of stuff so sometimes in this industry we get a bit wrapped up in the ego stuff because you know 
people, you want to be known. I want to be known. I want to be stood on a stage and have hundreds and thousands of people want to listen to me and have their selfies taken with me and all this. And sometimes I need someone like Paul either to remind me where I am and what I'm doing, but also when I get like that about other people, he's a really good sounding board and a really good measure of when he comes along to these things and meets these people that he's like, mm, actually, do you think they're that great? Because maybe this, 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 or, and again, that's really helpful when they're not, because you know what it's like, we get like fangirlish about certain people yeah. because they're in our world and we think they're amazing. And he's just good because he's slightly stepped out of it where he can be like, yeah, they're cool, but is it worth spending 15 grand on something with them? You know? Mm. That's, I think, yeah, that is quite interesting because, I, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying there about the, the whole ego thing. So mm -hmm. do you think then that that grounding makes your offering more genuine? It's not just about selling, you know, buy my course or 10x this or do you, do, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not like one that you're not, in, well, maybe you are interested in going to the big arenas and like, you know, sign up for my 25,000 program yeah. after a whole day of, of selling to you. I don't know, but... <laughs> I don't know, does it feel more real because you are less inclined to believe your own hype? So it must be real, if that makes sense? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to let Paul answer that because I think he's a good judge of how honest, whether I'm an honest person when I'm selling, when I promote myself, how I come across. You come across as you are, which is which is I love because, you know, you see other people and I've been to lots of these events that you see other people and they're on the stage, they're one person and they come off and they're somewhat totally different where you are. If people see you on stage, that is Teresa that, that everyone knows at home and, and everywhere. And I think you're too honest sometimes when it comes to it. And especially with the selling and everything, you struggle with that because, Soft. you know, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're, you're a, a great person and who wouldn't want to, you know, buy your stuff and you know the expertise that you have there on tap is is amazing so yeah i think you're super genuine and down to earth i think you're the same person yeah no, on stage good. as you are off stage i hope so and i think for me i i don't ever want to be unauthentic i don't want to be on a receiving end of being sold to i want people to buy my stuff obviously we have a mortgage to pay for i can't rely on paul forever and and I want amazing things. I want an amazing car. I want a bigger house. I want all those things. Of course I do. But I do see, and hopefully, well, I'm sure Paul would more than agree because I am soft and I do over-deliver. But hopefully when they're paying, they're getting really good value. So even though I'm asking people to buy things, I'm only ever asking them when it's worth paying for it. And as long as you know what you're you're getting and you're getting what you think you're getting then that's fine you know people get a bit funny about selling and I don't like it but or I don't like selling but the point is I'm selling something that's good and therefore I'm not sorry about you having to give me money right fair enough you know and and I think I oh, yeah. over deliver oh massively over deliver <laughs> which is amazing for your customers yeah you know, they get an amazing deal and you enjoy it you absolutely it. enjoy and I see it know day in day out especially when you do your coaching calls and all yeah. that kind of stuff and you've got them all on the screen there and you know and the amount of energy that you put into it and the thought that you're helping these people yeah, yeah. it's amazing it's amazing it's awesome. you're obviously really proud yeah of Teresa that, yeah, that comes so. across really yeah. quite well I wonder Teresa was there ever a moment in this journey where you considered keeping Paul a bit distant from the business like you know that there was maybe a risk of 
getting your husband involved in it and what that might do in terms of the dynamics or home life? That is really interesting. I think because of the business is very much going forward as me and I am my business, it very it gives us very distinct roles. Do you know what I mean? And it's Paul's very respectful of that. He's very respectful that it's me and I'm the business. And I'm very respectful that I take his opinion and listen to him. And But I think if it was a if it got into a partnership thing, which we are a partnership, but you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like yeah. the Paul and Teresa show. Oh, God, no. Yeah. It's not the Mr. and Mrs. Heath Waring. No, exactly. <laughs> well, it's definitely not that. <laughs> I don't think you'd ever like that. No. But it's not that. So Paul understands, I'm not saying that I'm the boss. No, but you're front no, of house. I am, yeah. You're, you're the, the, the figurehead here. This yeah. is what people are buying. Yeah. But you're not diminishing what Paul's role is. It's a different no. type of role, but is valuable to the business totally and it's interesting when he does more practical stuff like to managing Kajabi that I have to I have to watch how I manage that in myself and how I manage Paul because I am I would say I'm a very nice boss to the rest of my team but to Paul obviously it's different because he's my husband so I am probably less are you doing an appraisal for him yeah yeah <laughs> I'm less patient with him than I am with everybody else. And he I almost expect him to read my mind and he doesn't, which is really odd. If he could really work on those right, uh, mind reading skills, that'd be awesome. But I, I think did, it's more your briefing skills. You yeah, I'm a terrible briefer. Yeah. And with the rest of the team, I'd brief them really well. But because he's my husband, I kind of think, oh, you know this, you know me, you know what's in my head. And of course he doesn't know. So actually that's the only time where it gets a little bit like, okay, but. It's interesting bringing him into the business. It's changed what I want from it. So initially I wanted to bring him in to work full time in the business and have a salary from the business. Now in my goals, I just write, well, one, he's, you know, he's young and he's retiring from one job and there's other exciting opportunities which he wants to, which is cool. But now I write, I want to pay his salary. So I want him to have the freedom to travel with me, to be my wingman when I speak because he's a great wingman and looks after me and drive me around when we're in different countries and that sort of thing. And I want him there, but I don't want him to feel like he has to do a role. I want that support to be already in the business and then he just be a bonus. I think I think my role has, has morphed into what it is now. Yeah. From when you started, when you left your proper job as yeah. such. And we've, we've been on that journey uh, up to now and then kind of know what each other you know what yeah. our, obviously we know your role but you know what I do now so. yeah yeah and mainly keeping me calm yeah. I mean it's bound to be different though isn't it from other members of the team For sure because you're husband and wife yeah mm. so of course you're going to be less patient mm -hmm. or uh you're going to expect to read your mind because you yeah. know that's yeah. that's what happens in in a relationship but it doesn't sound as though it's on anything other than actually bring you closer together it does feel yeah. as though you're very much on the same page i think with that definitely and when there's times like for example i've been <laughs> decorating my son's room for the last three four days Glamorous and then, life that yeah we need. and then i've been kind of detached from what teresa's been doing so it, it almost feels that we're a bit further apart in those yeah, times yeah it does um, did you book an update meeting in there well, i think she needs to <laughs> definitely um but and yeah when, so, when you travel as well yeah. i don't like that because previously when you traveled 
we didn't talk to each other or we might not have been able to talk to each other or he it was often on a different time zone and so the catches catch up sort of being really small or via text or whatever and we'd get to an end of a trip and he'd come back and I'd be like there's loads I needed to tell him about the business and I just couldn't remember what half of it was or I couldn't think and then something would happen and I'd be like oh yeah well you didn't know that because you're away and and I didn't like that so I think with this next role he's going to be in the country on my time zone just not physically in my house with me at that time and therefore I think that's going to be easier because you do do yeah. things in yeah. the business and you do need to know these things. And with this new role you know on my on my evenings I'll have a laptop so I can do the yeah. Kajabi stuff and work two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> when when you're when you're away from each other and it's about work do you slack rather than WhatsApp? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I make him email me formally, yeah. uh, call me... I fax it. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. <laughs> That's another marketing uh, tip that you've got for the yeah, listeners. Yeah, I've... Faxing. Yeah, faxing. Where, where's that gone? <laughs> Why? Yeah. I, I wonder, do you, do, on a similar vein, like, do you, do, you, do you separate personal life from work life or do you end up talking about things at the dinner table? All the time. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say at the dinner table. If we're if we with go the out, kids. For, yeah, with, yeah, not with the kids. But no. if if we are out having a having a meal or a drink or whatever, then we often take laptops with us and yeah, do stuff. We always have either a notebook or and an how does, asking. How does that paper. feel? Do you, do you, do you become conscious that oh, hang on a second, we're always working, or or do it you feel like you get enough? No, it doesn't feel like that. Okay, no, which is great, isn't it? Yeah. That we both said the same yeah. answer because it doesn't. And in fact, I think sometimes that's when the best stuff comes out because we're a bit more relaxed and yeah. we're doing it. We don't consciously, or sometimes we consciously go to the pub on a Sunday if we don't have any children and we'll have his working and bees at a dad's and we will consciously work from the pub or we'll stop work at six and go to the pub and work knowing we need to do more work. But then sometimes we go and it just happens organically and we just go, oh, actually, while we're here, let's think about this and we just do it because we start talking about it and it doesn't feel hard does it yeah. and I think for Paul as well because he's doing something that he is very different to what he does in his day job it doesn't feel not, not it doesn't feel like work to him and it never feels like work to me because I love it so yeah I think we and we have like when we're not talking about work we have a scream so it's not like we are literally Mr and Mrs uh let's talk about work today and that's all we do so you know if we didn't have fun times, then I think it would bother us doing the work stuff. Yeah. I love seeing your Insta stories, you know, and the, the life that uh, you at least curate. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all but, lies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do, is, that, is that why, do you think, it feels less onerous? You know, you're not, you're not commuting from your home to an office to, for nine o'clock and then leaving again at 5.30, you know, is it's more of a lifestyle thing for, yeah. for you that you're both involved in? Yeah, definitely. For yeah. sure. These aren't roles. These aren't, this isn't work. This is our life. This is Instagram and podcasts and coaching calls. That's, that's where I, that's my life. And I love it. And I love the fact that Paul wants to be part of that. And he knows as well as I know. And he, in fact, he encourages me to be authentic on social media all the time. Yeah. Sometimes inappropriately biz for that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, at times that really uh, people do not want to see as I'm falling asleep, maybe, or mm -hmm. go to the bathroom. He's like, the best pictures I take. <laughs> All you need to do, Paul, is get do a rose not. gold paperclip yeah. in the image and it will be on brand. 
Perfect. <laughs> Do you like pink a lot more than you did? It's amazing. And um, he's a nightmare. Sure, we can find a filter on there. He jokes about it all the time. He's like, oh, it's a great picture of you snoring. I'm going to put that on Instagram. No filter. I I will say, though, that Paul's Instagram is much better these days. So as long as he picks up something from from (laughs) you. He tries. He tries. He's still fairly quiet on it, but he does try. Yeah. But no, I think, like I said, it's just become who we are. And we, and initially, I guess a Paul, that would have been weird. It was weird for me. But now it's, I like it. I like I don't mind this kind of, I want him to be seen a bit more. I want him to be in it a bit more because he is so much part of my life, and my business and what I do. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy for him to be seen. Hence why this was a, a nice idea for this episode. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you feel about some of the experiences that you get then from being part of this, this world? Because you've not long come back from Nashville Yes. Uh, you go on, I know that you supported Teresa when you spoke in, was it Greece and Cyprus yeah. within the space yeah. of a week? Yeah. Uh, I was with you at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, yeah. which, by the way, <laughs> I experienced the kind of working to, together on the, the last day before yes. our, our flight. And I, I, I can tell you, dear listener, uh, how relaxing it is. I mean, I was half cut at the time, so <laughs> that, might, that might go some way to, to explain it. But You've just hit on the secret there. This whole, yeah. We work when we're drunk. Uh, <laughs> we're really good at it. But, but for, you know, I mean, going to the Kajabi Summit or, oh, yeah. or an event or, or, or going and seeing the Hyatt family yeah. in Nashville is obviously very different from oh. doing a swoop and land in Kabul or, or whatever. Oh, so, sure. so can you describe maybe what those differences are and, and what you've learned from maybe doing those things? Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, it is a totally different world. And I think, like I said before, that the fact of the people that I've met in our journey because of Teresa is is phenomenal. And social media marketing world, thousands of people there and 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 meeting all those different people. And yeah, and, and then uh, Nashville, Mary, Mary Hyatt and her family. Amazing. You know, I would never have met those you know, lovely people without, um, without Teresa. And it's it is a totally different world to me, sitting in an aircraft and and landing in not so nice places. So um, it's yeah, I'm. What's I'm funny honored. is obviously Paul is military, as we've said, and he when I first met him, like his woo woo ness, oh, non existent, mm-hmm. like could yeah. not be for far from the woo ness as Paul. He was very, I don't know, just scientific your your yeah. engineering brain your you know proved to me this this and this and then I started getting into it and he was really skeptical and really like what a load of rubbish and then as time's gone on like it, it, we've both kind of grown with it together and I yeah. love how open-minded Paul's been about it all and how actually he's come to me and gone oh I listened to James Wedmore's podcast and he said this and this was really good and you should try this and and I love the fact that he's more open to these things now. And like I said, going to Mary's and being sat in Mary's house and uh, you went to the gym with her as well and did a workout yeah. and yeah. and just, you know, she has oils on all the time because she does stuff with doTERRA and then she meditates and it was just heavenly, wasn't it? It's, it's, a, different, it's a different way of looking at life as well. Yeah. Which is a big change to me. You know, life for me was just, you know, you get up, you go to work, you, you do you know, you do your job, you do it mm. safely, you come back home safe and, and that's it. You know, you have a beer at the end of the day. Mm. 
um, where now, yeah, I've got a totally different view of of the world, really, mm. um, and how to deal with mindset things, you know. Yeah, Even the cool. word mindset, I'd never used the word mindset before. And now, you know, the military is usually in the, in the news for, you know, they look after you and make sure your mindset's good. But really, yeah, they've helped me in the past, but from my experiences with being Teresa and meeting all these different people and learning about mindset, I'm far more educated on it now uh, and for my own good as well, really. Yeah. Were there many aromatherapy candles in Camp Bastion? See now. Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some, <laughs> definitely some smells in um, in Camp Bastion and Cabal, um, but definitely not the... Uh, some mindset before going on patrol? Yeah. I mean, all of those things would have would have helped me and did Massively. help me to the latter part of my my time. Did they actually? Yeah, because you took some of what you'd learned yeah, from definitely. Teresa's world into into that. And that's yeah. interesting, and it and it it helped me stay calmer than ever in some ways. You know, instead of stressing about things and wasting energy on on things that are out of your control, it um it sort of yeah. And I think as well, it helped you. Think about retiring. So what's really interesting, and Paul is one of the most kind of unassuming, modest men ever. He is not like, check me out, I'm amazing. We have some differences. Not yet. <laughs> you don't know what you're creating. <laughs> I know, he's going to be a monster. But like, so when he does his job and stuff, he just didn't see anything of it. He just didn't see that it was such a big deal and it wasn't impressive in his head. Whereas in anybody who's not military is like, oh my goodness, you know, you fly in and out of very scary countries and have done hundreds and hundreds of times. And then when he was talking about leaving, I think when we first brought the conversation up, it was a very apprehensive conversation. It was very much like, what am I going to do? Where would I go? Because you've done 25 years. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Anybody listening? I don't think there's anybody listening that's done 25 years in one job. Not like these days. No, no way. You know, and... So to leave that job, it's not just a job, it's a way of life, it's your community, it's your friends, it's your everything. To leave that after 25 years, I think prior to us really getting to where we are today, he was really nervous about that. And I had to say to him, Paul, you are amazing. Like the the employee that they've made is phenomenal because basically he's very conscientious, he's very good at what he does. And I was like, they're going to snap your hand off. Like, any job is going to be very lucky to have you. And he's come out and got an amazing kind of dream job that he wants to do for a couple of years and, and you know, it's going to be good fun for him. And he didn't have the faith initially about that. And then having gone through everything we've gone through, met all the people we've met. And Paul really makes me laugh because one of the things he'll do all the time is he'll meet someone and he'll say to me, how do they make their money? Like, how do, how do they, how much do you reckon they earn from that? Because of course he's so inquisitive about it all, which is awesome. So, yeah, I think having gone through all this, having met all these people, seen my side of the world, gave him confidence that there was something outside the military, which I can only imagine if your life has been entirely military, that must be really difficult to do. What about the reverse then of that? So what do you think you can bring in from the military side of things into a business like the one that you're running now to... to help there I mean there's obviously the process stuff which you've spoken about and yeah. I can imagine the discipline of the military makes it easier to it's a more natural fit that isn't it but it, what else yeah. do you think um I'm trying to think actually I think you know you, you just shoes <laughs> I, I, could, so well I, could, I could actually bring <laughs> some of the um you know <laughs> the discipline yeah I completely forgot about bringing the discipline to um 
Teresa, he's swearing. Um, you've had enough discipline in 25 years. You don't want any more. Right. You know what you're I knew when you asked that question, I was laughing to myself because I thought, oh God, we could take this. This could go completely wrong. <laughs> Do you bring it? He makes me wear the uniform. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't make me wear the uniform. No. I wanted to make him wear the uniform, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's been a few things that I've that, that I've definitely brought in. In the fact that it, part of the military, I um, I was a technical instructor. So there was lots of elements of the instructor kind of uh, job that I brought to your sort of kind of speaking. Yeah. There's a few you, things from that yeah. that I came, uh, brought into that. I'm just trying to think of other military stuff because it's so different. There wasn't a huge amount that I could bring across really that would, um, apart from getting up on time. And- I was going to say, he has a great work ethic, obviously. He also is one of these people that if he knows he has to do something or if he knows he should do something, that he does it, okay? So have you, if you've ever read the book Chimp Paradox, have you ever read The Chimp Paradox? I haven't read it. I'm aware of it. Really good book. Basically, it says that in your head you have a human brain and a chimp brain. Well, you need to read it if you haven't read it already or listened to it. And I basically have probably 90% chimp, i.e. it's all about, like, I'm a little bit hedonistic. I want everything to be amazing and fun and I'm very emotional at times. I can be very excitable. I can be very grumpy. I can, and then the human side of it is the very calm and controlled side. And Paul is about 90% human. (laughs) So he is really good at being like, so if I say I need to be up at this time because we need to do this, if it gets to that time, which is happening at the moment because we're going to the gym and we're going together while he's still around, uh, I say that like he's dying. You're not dying. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's going to work. But Whereas I'll be like, okay, we've got to get up at five. If the alarm goes off at five, I might be like, oh, it won't hurt if we just leave it. Whereas he'd be like, Mm-mm. you said five, we're up at five, we're out. So he's really good at that. Whereas, And he'll tell me off if I've wasted some time at work, he'll be like, hang on a minute, you said you were going to do that or did you do this? And yesterday, like you walked in and you were like, what have you done today then? What are you doing right now? And yeah. I was like, All right, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping track of Instagram's me. work in the marketing world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For, for, again, I think that comes down to this sort of almost like yin and yang thing mm. and how you closely work to, together. It is quite clear there's, there's a fit. What if your business was, wasn't marketing? What if you didn't do marketing? Can you imagine like what if marketing just didn't exist, it was outlawed or something? What, what would oh you guys God. do? I don't know. Honestly, someone asked me the other day whether I always wanted to do marketing. And I said that I didn't answer it. I just said I started a business degree and specialised in marketing within the first six months. And I loved it. And I always have done. I don't know. I think Paul always like comes up with crazy business ideas, which is funny because he's not the entrepreneur. Not that I would say I'm an entrepreneur either. Technically, I probably am, but I don't sometimes feel like it. Whereas Paul would be like, oh, we could make this product and someone needs to make a product that will do this and make a product that does this. I don't know what we'd do. We'd become professional drinkers. Uh, Very good at that. They're really good at drinking. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. What could you do, Paul? I think we should be like a double act comedian. We don't sound very funny today, but we do. uh, (laughs) We both think we're hilarious. (laughs) I'm obviously funnier than Paul. That's what she says. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I must say, just as an observation, I mean, I think you're a great couple anyway because I know you personally, but... Just, just what you can't see necessarily on the podcast is the setup that we've got here. You know, I have a barrier in between you two in, in a desk, <laughs> and you are you are facing me. But you know, you are genuinely looking at each other, and there's a lot that can be said. I think 
between you without saying anything. And I think that's yeah. perhaps a good sign that, that things work. So obviously you've got to stick with marketing because you can't think of anything I else honestly, that, to I do. Anything. I think you're quite a good designer. I, I've got an all right eye. My, my daughter's bedroom's beautiful. Like if you've, I should put that on my Insta story highlights. It's not on there. I'm going to put it on the highlights under home life. So there could be interior design. I think interior design could be a good one. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. My voice. I'm always told I've got a good voice. Yeah, I've got so, a good voice. Um, it's very calming. I have joked that there are certain, you know, lines that people can call. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'd be very good. Uh, you know, or people think my voice would be very good for that. Well, when I was a student, this is a bit of an anecdote, I'm afraid. Sorry to hijack your podcast. You carry on. When I was a student, one of my housemates did that to earn no. some cash. And she would be ironing her clothes. Wow. Uh, whilst, whilst, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Paul would be happy because I don't iron. <laughs> <laughs> so if it meant I'd start ironing. Who awesome. irons? Do, do, do you? Of course he does. Uh, yeah. right. oh, so, okay. So then, then we're back onto like supportive roles. It's not just about work. It's about, it's about life as well. Yeah. And uh, I do know that you, that you clean as well. You're very yes. good at cleaning um, fabric flowers, I believe as well, which uh, yeah. is something that I'm definitely not. <laughs> So, but but that again, it, it's about who's got the responsibility yeah. for what and, and making making that work in in that team. Uh, I want to ask you: Would you do anything differently if you looked back at the last five years or so? Would you do anything differently to what you've done? Are there any lessons to be learned that you maybe you can share? Um, if I could have learned some of the mindset stuff before now, and got some of the connections we've got now before now, that would have been great. Because I think in the early days, there are a few things that I, mistakes I made where I went and got an office at one place, then I got an office at somewhere else and all because I felt like I needed an office and I wasted time doing that. And then I wasted time doing some of the wrong things. And because I guess I didn't have the confidence and Paul didn't have the confidence to say that's, that's probably not for you or that's not right for you. Because obviously at the time we were all still learning. But I think in the early days, it was tricky because... You're getting together. Paul had been through a not very nice breakup. I was a few years out of mine, so I was in a much calmer place. But the business was new. Things were stressful. And in the first few years, it was hard work. We were, obviously, the kids. We moved life, house three times. Yeah, life was pretty, I was going to say horrendous. It wasn't horrendous because we were together and we, you know, yeah, were great. But, but we had to deal with that as well. Geez, man, I wouldn't want to go through that again. If we look, look at the the stuff that we went through, mm. we, we well, we should have so much more capacity to do so much now. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. In a way, isn't that part of the the learning? Mm. You know, I mean, how would you how would you know the value of the more woo woo stuff? Yeah. Without, uh, yeah. without having experienced something before, and mm. how how would you know whether an office was right for you if you didn't experience exactly going in an mm. office? So. I mean, I guess, you know, there are shortcuts to be made. And I think one of the um, great things about a podcast like like this, when you have your guests on and you share your own experience, is that you're you're sharing your experience for, for someone else yeah. and for them to make up their mind as to what they want to do. And everyone yeah. needs an influence. And I do think that, um, you know, you're a big influence on, on a lot of people, actually. Uh, but I think you probably have to go through some of those things. For sure. Were there any yeah. clangers, like things that you... Went, that was really terrible. Don't ever do this. Oh, I don't know. Um, I did have someone want to go into business with me and I spent a bit of time looking into that. And then I luckily said no and then fell out with them. And that wasn't a very nice period of time because they didn't like the fact that I said no. So, and I surrounded myself with the wrong people yeah. to begin with, didn't I? Yeah, that was a, 
looking back, that was a tough time, wasn't it? But yeah. again, part of the journey. I don't. What about working to, together? Because uh, again, there are probably people listening to this podcast whose partner is involved, mm-hmm. or 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 they're thinking of making a life change to allow that to happen. Are there any sort of nuggets of advice that you can give people as to what would make it more effective or what would make it work? I think if you are going to, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because um, it's amazing how much time Teresa takes out of our life as such yeah. to work. You yeah. know, it's a huge, huge commitment what she does. Yeah. And for me, I think you've got to be patient with it. Yeah. And be able to support. But then when I'm working with you, again, it's having that patience to deal with this. I've messed up a few times. Do you know what? I was just thinking about that. And I, w- I wasn't going to mention it because I wouldn't want to embarrass you. Oh, but so bad. It wasn't that bad. And I think this was really interesting for both of us, actually, because basically Paul was doing something in a system that we had not long learnt. And we both oh, really? learnt it at the same time. Very quickly. And had to learn it really quickly. And basically, he sent something out that went out immediately and shouldn't have gone out immediately. And I instantly, I don't like getting things wrong. I am not good at making mistakes. I don't like things like that going wrong. But what was really interesting is my reaction I think surprised both of us because my he would have thought my reaction would be to rip his head off because I would have been like, what the actual hell have you done here? But actually the way he, he's like me, that he was so angry with himself and he was so like, what have I done? That there was no point in me saying anything to him. And suddenly I went into the fixer role, which is weird because that's his role. He's the fixer. I'm normally the panicker. And I went into fixer role and was like, it's fine. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I took it on the chin as I have to as the boss. It is a bit weird when it's your husband that's made the mistake, <laughs> but you have to. You are the boss of the business. If something goes wrong, whether you made it or someone else does, you've got to take it on the chin. So I took it exactly on the chin and apologized and dealt with the fallout from it. Paul and I learned. He actually, for a little while, went, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to. I'm not touching this. Yeah. And it took him a little while to get his confidence back. And it's like, geez, I've been in this game for like 15 years. I sent out a flyer once, or I had a flyer printed once for a business that said, what did it say? Chimerical vehicles instead of commercial vehicles. <laughs> like literally the title said chimericals. Like, and the, we had all of them printed and they arrived and it was the receptionist that went, why does that say chimericals? And I was like, holy moly. But anyway, so for me, it's like no one died. And, and that's really interesting because again, he works in a job that is like way more serious, but he was so concerned by it. But I think what he just said there was really important about he has to be very patient with me. And that is interesting. And if he wasn't as understanding about how much I work, that would be really difficult because not only do I work a lot, which can be tough, I put a lot on him in terms of the other roles. So, and, you know, I'm going to sound like a horrendous person now, but literally when Paul's around, bearing in mind you have to remember he's not always around, he does all the cleaning, he does all the dog stuff he does all the shopping he does the ironing he does the washing he does everything now I cook more only out of my own eating pleasure because I want to cook things I want to eat and not that Paul's terrible cooks he's not but Paul will cook out of necessity i.e we need to eat food for fuel it doesn't matter what it is whereas I'm much more like oh what do I want to eat tonight Mm, I'm gonna have this so I do do a bit of cooking He's my sous chef. Uh, I boss him around in the kitchen as well. And I make a horrendous mess. I'm the 
seen anything like it. It's amazing. Just doing probably some soup or something. <laughs> it's up the walls. It's but everywhere. you seem to accept it and just, yeah, just placidly it do yeah. it, which yeah. is a a good symbol of how this yeah. relationship very works. Good. Very good. Uh, now I know, Teresa, you have a vision board. I do. Uh, I'm sure you're on it, Paul. I hope so. You know, as the as the future. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just wondering, what does the future hold? So my goals at the moment are, as I've said, to pay Paul's salary. Now, what's interesting is he's going to go into a new job that, like I said, he wants to do. He's very excited about. He's very honoured that he's got a job doing that he's going to be doing. And I want him to do that for his own career and his own passion. But I do want to get to a point that if and when he wants to finish that, that I can just pay his salary and not have him have to do anything. Obviously, he will do things, but I don't want him to have to. So that's kind of one of the, the goals in all honesty, the ultimate goal is we'd like to move to the States. Oh, yeah. Big time. We'll sell the kids. Don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't sell them. Uh, they'll all pay us for them. Um, I'm joking. No. So it's not going to be yet because obviously my daughter's 10. My ex-husband would go mad if I tried to move her uh, or leave her. So it's going to be, it's in my kind of five to 10 year goal, but we'd love to move to the States. We'd love to be over there, have that kind of life. And travel. We love traveling. Paul, I never traveled at all until I met Paul. And then obviously this guy has been to more countries. And a little bit of traveling. Tiny weeny bit of traveling, (laughs) like literally most of the world. So we would like to do more of that. Yeah, definitely. We we build memories on that. And we we just laugh all the time when we're when we're away, don't we? Yeah. Only because we're drunk all the time. (laughs) No, we're not that we're not drunk all the time. No. So your future is 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 sharing both the business. And those experiences together. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And I want him to, like, so Rachel Hollis, her husband is in, they are a partnership in the business and he is very much as active in the business as she is, although it started as her business. Now, I don't see it becoming the Theresa and Paul show because I don't know that you would want it to be like that. And you definitely don't want it to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) I like the limelight. I know I'm joking. Uh, It's my business, Paul. Um, (laughs) So I don't see it going as that partnership, but I do see it as he would be around every time I speak. He'll help me run the stuff in the background. He'll, I'd really like him to become like a videographer and photographer because if he could like come around with me and take amazing photos and videos, that would save me a fortune. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what's on the cards. You need to do a... Night awesome. school, yeah. <laughs> but it's some, it's some, it, you know. This is obviously a joint venture now. You know, yes. irrespective of you know, you've been very much front of house, and mm-hmm. it's your name on on the brand. It really does feel, and it seems just from talking to you today and knowing you as I do, that this is about the partnership, and yeah. it seems it seems to work. And I think when you're talking about the future, it, it all seems really positive. Yeah. So I think that's a lovely note to end it on. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this and to ask you questions about you guys and learning about the dynamics that you have in the business that I wish you all the best for your glorious future together particularly <laughs> with you. your part of the the business Paul thank you thank you so much Ms. Paul thank you Ms. Paul <laughs> so I guess that wasn't as bad as I thought I was really nervous about handing over my show to someone else I hope you enjoyed it It is a bit different. So if this is the first episode you're listening to, then uh, I can assure you we'll get back to normal next week. 
So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Also, don't forget that because I've hit 100 episodes, I'm running a competition over on my Instagram. So if you're listening to this at the point it's come out, I think you've got about a week to enter that competition. So I can't wait to hear from you guys and see what you thought of it. Okay, guys, I will leave you to it. Have a wonderful week and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.